ప్రేమ స్వరూపులారా ఎంబోడిమెంట్స్ ఆఫ్ లవ్ శాంతిని లోపల ఉన్నది కానీ బయట లేదు పీస్ ఇస్ విదిన్ నాట్ అవుట్ సైడ్ అవుట్ సైడ్ నో పీస్ ఓన్లీ పీసెస్ డియర్ లిసనర్స్ సైరామ్ గ్రీటింగ్స్ ఫ్రమ్ ప్రశాంతి నిలయం వెల్కమ్ టు అవర్ రేడియో ప్రోగ్రామ్ అవుట్సైడ్ ఇన్సైడ్ డీప్ ఇన్సైడ్ దిస్ ఈస్ ఎ సెగ్మెంట్ ఆఫ్ రేడియో సైజ్ థర్స్డే లైవ్ and is hosted by Bishu Prashti and today's episode was first broadcast on 19th July 2019 have a listen please dear listeners sairam from prashantinalayam the most happening place on the planet so welcome to outside inside deep inside Today is July 19th, 2018. The mega festival of Guru Purnima is just a week away and people have already started streaming into Prashantinalem. In fact, this festival marks in a way the beginning of the Prashantinalem festival calendar as this is the first major festival after the new students have joined the various campuses of Sri Satyasai Institute of Higher Learning. So the buzz is... During Guru Purnima, every year is always very different, very special and you have all the important functionaries of the various trusts of Bhagwan, the Central Trust as well as all the state trusts and the International Sai Organization coming to Prashant and Lim. All are present for this occasion and in the earlier years we know how Bhagwan used this occasion to announce new initiatives of the central trust and so on so puttaparthi always is filled with devotees it is one of those major festivals in prashantinalayam when you know you would find the ashram overflowing with people no one wants to miss the darshan of the sadguru on this beautiful occasion of guru purnima on this sacred day in fact this reminds me of a powerful incident that happened during guru purnima of 1971 as always you know somi was extremely busy attending to the thousands of devotees who had gathered and during this period one morning when mr b v ramanarao went up to somi's room he saw that somi's robe was wet with sweat somi was looking visibly very tired in fact somi had a late lunch that day because he was busy all morning personally distributing teertham the sanctified water and granting padmanamaskaram to at least 2000 lucky souls once bhagwan started this at 8:30 am swami did not stop until everyone had their share of the special blessing and he continued to walk non stop for almost 3 hours bending and pouring the amritam the teertham with a silver spoon the aromatic ambrosia you know went into every cupped hand or mouth and you know one after another somi was did that for almost more than 2 3 hours so for the devotees yes it was a unique gift of darshan sparshan and prasadam and the one who had the opportunity to hold the silver bowl and walk behind somi was mr raman rao in fact somi had told him the previous night itself to inform every person in prashantinalayam whether they were washermen cooks elderly devotees disabled residents inmates whoever car drivers all of them should be in the mandir by 8:30 am the next morning so this is what mr ramanrao had communicated to all 
and so Swami filled everyone's heart with that blessing of darshan, sparshan, and tirtham. And once the distribution concluded, Swami again inquired with Mr. Raman Rao if there was, you know, anyone who had missed. And uh, only when Swami was completely satisfied, you know, Raman Rao sir went and checked in the crowd. Everyone said they have received it, and only after that, Swami went back to the interview room. And then Swami asked uh, Raman Rao sir to, you know, cup his hands and then Swami gave the blessing to him also. And as he was doing that, you know, Raman Rao sir gave kerchief to Bhagwan. In those days, he used to walk behind Swami and offer the kerchief to Bhagwan whenever he saw, you know, Bhagwan was tired. So he did that and Swami took the white linen and, you know, he wiped his face and gave it back to him and then so he saw Swami wiping his sweat and all that and then Bhagwan retired. So Ramandrao sir had seen, you know, how strenuous it was for Bhagwan that morning. And in those days, along with Ramandrao sir, one Mr. Khyaldas also used to assist Swami during darshans, you know, by holding letters, carrying the Vyuti bag and so on. And they would be there morning and evening. So every afternoon he would be there by 3 p.m waiting for intimation from Swami to go upstairs. So that day, you know, he thought that Swami will rest a little because until 12 he was busy with devotees unlike other days. So he thought, you know, he would come a little later for darshan. So in any case, he was there at 3 p.m. as he would do every day. So he was walking into the interview room quite leisurely because he thought, you know, Swami would not be ready. So but as soon as he stepped in, you know, he was summoned to Swami's room. And uh, even though he thought Swami would be resting and probably darshan would be postponed or something, Swami, he saw, was already ready. He was not, forget resting, he was fully ready. He was eager to step out. In fact, Swami said, I have been waiting for you since 2.30 p.m. Raman Rasa would go by 2.33. But, you know, on that day he went casually, happily after 3 because he thought, you know, Swami would be resting. But yes, Swami is telling, I've been waiting for you since 2.30 p.m. That's where the moment he stepped in, Swami called him. So that was quite a jolt for Ramadasur. And, you know, so he went to Bhagwan, he sat at his feet and, you know, then he started massaging Bhagwan's feet and all that. And then he said, Bhagwan, Swami, you already had a busy morning. In fact, you had your lunch so late. You were so tired. And now again, you are about to go out, Swami. Swami, probably you should take a little time and rest, Swami. Maybe you should relax a little. Because he had seen the kind of physical strain that Swami went through in the morning. So he thought, you know, he could not contain himself, you know, from not making this prayer to Bhagwan. And even as he was thinking thus, Swami told him, hey, you go down. We'll go out for darshan. And then he said, no, Swami, Swami, please don't go out for darshan this evening, Swami. You can take at least some more rest. And the moment he uttered the word rest, Swami said, rest, rest is rust. Have you ever seen me taking rest? Change of work is rest, Swami said. For Swami, devotees are always first. He knows no rest when he sees devotees. Devotees are always first. And for Raman Rao sir, Swami was always first. Even Raman Rao sir had not rested. Even though he 
was busy with Swami in the morning. He was there first, you know. For Raman Rao sir, Swami is first. For Swami devotees are first. For Raman Rao sir, service is first. Swami is first, and serving Swami is the rest for him. That is rest and best for him. You know that was his life, and you know because he had seen how for Swami devotees meant everything, and so that's why you know for him. Swami and service was always first, and Swami has tested this also on so many occasions. You know, is really rest for Raman Rao the best of Swami's devotees? For him, what is best for Swami's devotees is rest for him. That is how it was, and Swami has tested him. Lovely anecdotes telling us how an exemplary devotee should be, how an exemplary servitor of the Lord. should be in the earlier episodes of outside inside deep inside for over 15 episodes we talked about the story of mrs ratanlal a diamond of a devotee and it was such an uplifting experience for me doing that program and i was also so overwhelmed with the responses that we received so many people wrote to us saying that you know it helped them to deepen their love and understanding of swami and his ways and his love and be more steadfast on the spiritual path so after reading all those responses you know i thought maybe it is good to talk about the stories of the servitors of bhagwan and thanks to those words of encouragement and inspiration from bhagwan i thought let us now dwell on the life of this exalted devotee mr b v raman rao and both mrs ratanlal and mr raman rao left the mortal coil just about the same time in 2017 march 12 was when ratanlal amma left and march 14th is when raman rao sir merged with bhagwan it was quite a severe loss to the sai fraternity both of them were personally shaped by swami and they rose to be incredible servants of the lord incredible examples of what is service to the lord incredible inspirations to the youth about how one should dedicate their life to the lord in the future episodes in the coming episodes i will share a lot more so much about you know the life of mr raman rao you will see how for him swami was always first come what may losing job losing position losing money losing family losing respect anything does not matter swami first in fact many years ago when bhagwan was in hyderabad and swami told him hey raman rao i am coming to your home this evening immediately raman rao said swami please swami why you want to come to my home swami please go out to the ground swami and give darshan there so many people are waiting so many more people will benefit if you come to my home there'll be just two three people who will benefit with your darshan and sparshan swami please go and spend time with the devotee swami that is even better and that is how raman rao sir was that is where his heart always was and this he said you know without even batting his eyelid because he knew that swami's heart was always with the devotees and he had learned where his heart always should be swami first always sfa that was his mantra service first always sfa that 
summarizes what Raman Rao says life was and there are so many instances and we will be unraveling his life in the coming episodes of outside inside deep inside in fact apart from being the first sevadal to be appointed by swami way back in the 60s he was later on the sevadal coordinator for the state of andhra pradesh and the state president of sri satyasai organizations andhra pradesh and later on till he was past 80 even swami wanted him to be the national sevadal coordinator you know that position was for him and swami never wanted anyone else to occupy that position even though he had you know he was almost past 80 85 swami said no that position only he should be there even though there are a lot more active people who are doing the work but as far as that position was concerned for swami Raman Rao sir should be in that position. That is how much he meant for Swami. And if you look at his life, you will know how the life of a Sai Sevak should be. It's a fantastic illustration of how one should lead one's life once he or she says that I'm dedicating my life to Swami. Even when he had crossed 90, he refused to take help from others. He would do everything himself, never complain about anything, even if his health you know was becoming a bit frail no complaints whatsoever in fact in the ashram we have the battery operated car and you know when someone would say sir you know maybe you can use that to come to mandir and you would say oh no 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 that is for old people he was 90 and he would say no that is for old people and that was his mental state his mental agility in fact even after bhagwan left you know so many senior people they went back to live with their children you know in cities in comfortable environments but raman rao sir just like mrs ratnalal he never moved out of prashantinilayam this is his home this is the place of his master this is the place which belongs to him he never moved out even though you know his children were there in hyderabad and other cities and they were calling him he said no i am not going to go from prashantin in fact he took up a new responsibility he became the editor of the sanatan sarthi telugu edition in july 2011 and he continued to serve in this capacity till his end in march 2017 he was working diligently in fact not many in sai fraternity until that moment knew that he's actually also a man of literature people always saw him as a man of action because he was there during every festival in prashantilam every event connected to swami's mission he was always there behind the scenes unless swami calls him he would never go in the front but he would be there looking after the crowd looking after their food looking after their accommodation nobody needed to tell him to do anything swami's devotees are like they are limbs of his body that's how he would feel but not many knew that he had actually written many books of short stories so even before he had become a devotee he was known for his literary skills as well but all that talent he started putting to use after his body slowed down after he crossed 85 now he took up this responsibility of being the editor of telugu sanatan sarthi and he brought in very beautiful changes lovely changes in this ashram magazine so there is so much to learn from mr raman rao and i'm really grateful to swami that you know we are embarking on this lovely journey so to continue the story from where i left off so when he asked swami to take rest swami says rest is rest have you ever seen me taking rest change of work is rest 
In fact, in the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says, In all the three worlds, there is no duty binding on me. There is no need for me to undertake any task. I am under no compulsion to do anything. Yet, I am always engaged in constant activity. The Lord is beyond the karmic cycle. He has no obligation to busy himself with anything. But he works incessantly on his own volition. Only for others' welfare. And Mr. Raman Rao, I remember talking to him, you know, while recalling that moment when Bhagwan said, change of work is rest. When Swami said that, have you ever seen me taking rest? Mr. Raman Rao told me, I can tell you with firm conviction, Swami never sleeps. God never sleeps. He said, you know, I was fortunate to sleep inside Swami's room for 28 days in 1993. And he said, I would be lying down perpendicular to Swami's cot and I have never seen Swami sleep. Even in the middle of night, if I went out to use the restroom, Swami would be watching. Swami would be alert. He would be active 24 hours. I would never see him just close his eyes and rest. This is what Ramana Rao sir personally told me because he had the opportunity to live with Swami in his room for almost a month in 1993. When you speak to such fortunate servitors of the Lord, you know, you learn about the ways of the avatar. And another very revealing moment Ramana Rao sir shared was what happened in the Guru Purnima of 1976. Again, on that occasion also, Swami had spent the entire morning visiting the new houses that he had constructed for the Harijans, the economically most disadvantaged section of Indian rural societies. You know, they are called Harijans. Gandhiji gave that name. Harijan means the people of the Lord, people of Hari. So, Swami had built new houses for them. What had happened was, there was a flood in River Chitravati and the waters had washed away the huts of all these poor people and Swami had built permanent structures for them and so that morning Swami was distributing the houses to them and Swami also had provided employment to every one of them by giving them some work or the other in the ashram premises so that morning Swami was going to each family assuring them that you know he's always with them he would look after their welfare and all that so of course all those hapless people were, were delighted and Swami was more delighted than them. Swami was ecstatic. He reveled in their happiness. He spent nearly three hours with them, talking to them, moving from one house to another, listening to their woes, blessing an infant there, caressing a child there and so on. And that afternoon, when Swami asked Mr. Raman Rao to go down and again wait for him, this time, you know, on this day, again, Raman Rao, sir, he just could not contain himself. He said, Swami, at least today, don't strain yourself more. You had a, such a long morning. He said, Swami, please don't venture out for darshan today. The moment he said this, Swami shot back. Swami said, you think all these people have come here for my darshan? You're telling me not to go for the darshan, but you think all these people have come for my darshan? Are they here so that they can see me? You are wrong. Absolutely wrong, Swami said. And Ramana Rasa was bewildered. I mean, he wondered if all these people have not come for Swami's darshan, then you know why on earth have they gathered? Why have they come from so many places far and near? Why are they waiting for him? 
with so much patience if they have not come for his darshan and he was trying to understand what swami is trying to tell him and then you know swami said it is i who is going to have their darshan they have all come here at my sankalpa at my instance so that i can see them and when they are waiting for me how can i rest and when swami said this that you know it is he who is going to have their darshan devotees darshan ramandao sir thought this is like too much you know this it is pure exaggeration he said it is in telugu it is called atishayukti he said swami this is atishayukti he didn't say it but you know he felt that in his mind how can swami say that he is going to have devotees darshan you know it, it sounds so quixotic the moment that word came in his mind atishayukti swami turned to him on that split second and snapped at him with a piercing look and swami said you think it is atishayukti you think it is exaggeration and ramandrao sir was shaken to his bones because i mean more than what swami was trying to convey you know the lightning speed with which swami's omni presence was functioning was totally it left him speechless dazed his mind went blank his muscles became still and swami said when i go amidst the devotees do you think i look at their bodies i see their souls when i see them i see their past i see their present and i plan what i should do for their better future it is unfortunate that you look at me as the one with this body and then bhagwan went on every time i speak i address you as divyatma swarupalara do you think i do this to simply praise you and please you divyatma swarupalara means embodiments of divine atma i always address you as atma do you think i see this simply to please you or praise you you are all atmas and that is how i always see you you are all atmas my advent is for my devotees and i am a devotee of my devotee this was the revelation that bhagwan had made to raman rao sir and i remember that that morning when sir was narrating all this to me it was you know he was saying it with so much of conviction the whole scene had come alive even though even though he was very old and he was that energy was there that emphasis with which swami said he wanted you know that that was pulsating in his body when he said that in this in his tiny room in prashantinile because he had seen and he had heard from swami directly i am a devotee of my devotees my advent is for my devotees and that, that's what he had seen in swami's life and that is the reason why for raman rao sir devotees swami's devotees meant everything for swami devotees were first and for raman rao sir swami was first but if you look at his life before he reached here lot of things happened the way swami subtly slowly solidly cultured and nurtured his soul that is such a beautiful story that's really a very very dramatic very interesting very scintillating story in fact but once he was convinced and once he was confirmed you know, then there was no looking back all he wanted to do was just serve swami and not only serve swami you know be an inspiration he inspired scores and hundreds of sevadal's youth and he could give his everything to swami's mission and his work service was swami for him and swami meant service that soul that is what his life was in fact i'm reminded of a very beautiful bhajan now in this bhajan you have this 
line dehi tehi tava pada seva you know you're pleading to the lord please give me once you realize who the lord is then you're all the time saying lord give me that option give me that blessing give me that benediction just so that i can serve you such a life was the life of raman rao sir ब्यूटिफुल भजन देही देही तवपद सेवा बट यू नो ऑल दैट हैपेंड आफ्टर ही न्यू दैट भगवान इज पूर्ण ब्रह्म सनातन स्वामी आफ्टर ही रियलाइज दैट ही इज द अंतर्यामी जय हे जय हे अंतर्यामी एंड हाउ दैट हैपेंड इज वॉट इज रियली वेरी वेरी अमेजिंग द वे स्वामी ब्रिंग्स and the way swami knows which button to press in every heart so this happened sometime in the 60s you know his first encounter with bhagwan but prior to that mr raman rao was someone who did not have much interest in religion or spirituality you know he was someone who did not subscribe to all these religious beliefs so 
he was someone who just felt that all people are same all people are equal so he had all that socialistic approach to life and he did not believe in religious practices visiting the temple prayers and all that so in a way he was a bit of a radical to some extent but he was not disrespectful to anything he had his own opinions and he would keep that to himself he didn't want to impose his ideologies and his his views on anyone else his wife was a very devout person and you know being from a hindu house so she had her own altar in the room in the house and she used to do her puja and all that and mr raman rao never objected to that and but you know nobody could compel him to do any of those things so even once during his uh, perhaps sometime in the early 60s or late 50s you know someone told that you know there is a swami who has come so his wife told that you know one sai baba has come so he said okay fine you go i don't want to see any baba no swami and baba he told his wife if you want you go so his wife went with his son and then after his wife came back he just asked oh, so you had darshan are you happy everything is okay he said okay that's all so he didn't want to be engaged and associated with all these babas and swamis and all that that is how his mindset was in fact even when the pujas used to happen at home for example if it was ganesh chaturthi so he would help the family in whatever his wife wanted but when actually the puja happened you know he would be sitting in the other room and he would be doing his writing or writing you wouldn't be sitting for the puja and you know not interested in all these rituals and all that and he was a man of very few words also so you can't really engage him much in any conversation so he was interested only in you know literature at that point in time so he would just spend his time so he used to write a number of stories uh, short stories and they would all be focused about you know social reformation and how he viewed the society and all that in fact he was also loved in the colony in fact in that housing colony where he stayed he was made the association president because you know everyone liked uh, his personality and all that so even though he was not so interested to take up that position he very reluctantly took up that position and uh, now you know there was in that community in that locality there was an old dilapidated temple and all the colony people said no 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 we have to renovate this temple we have to make it something big and all that so he didn't object to that in fact he wrote a few dramas so his social dramas and he got them staged and he raised some funds and he gave it to okay well fine you do what you want in fact on the day of the temple inauguration the paramacharya of kanchi had come and for the kumbhabishekam so during the kumbhabishekam you know everyone was looking for him because he is he's like contributed so much he actually raised about 30000 rupees we are talking about 60s very big amount but he was not there anywhere uh, around he was somewhere in the crowd uh, lost in the crowd you couldn't find him so that is how he was he was not interested in all these things but he would help happy to help and didn't want to impose his views but he didn't want to come in the way of others views so that is how he was and he always loved about you know equanimity of people and looking at everyone the same way not having distinctions about you know rich poor and all that highly privileged and you know someone to be looked down upon so that was sort of sort of his open minded approach to life and then eventually he did his graduation from banaras hindu university so you know being that a hindu university you know perhaps you know some of those hindu ideas got rubbed into him but 
he found it really difficult to reconcile with what was in the environment there and his own thought process about socialism and all that But somehow there were a lot of questions that always were there within him at the same time you know he was there uh, looking after the family he, he had a big family 11 brothers and four sisters so he was the second of the brothers he was one of the elder uh, members in the family and his father was an engineer and uh, he had to tour a lot so he with time became almost like a father figure you know as the you know one of the eldest sons in the house so he used to look after the family and leadership came very easily to him so everyone also looked up to him for advice he was always very sound in giving advice and and taking decisions when it came to family so everyone naturally came to him for guidance uh, whether it was you know his siblings and so for everyone in the family children and his grandchildren and you know when actually he passed away the grief was there in the family in everyone not only just his children or grandchildren across his siblings his siblings children everyone felt for him because he had had such a positive influence on all the members of the family in fact all his brothers and sisters used to come to him for guidance even as late as 2017 they always looked up to him in fact one of his sisters wanted to go to dubai and this was like probably february or march 2017 and she came and even though sir was not well sir shook hands with her and you know sir wished her well so that is the kind of influence he had and that's the respect he had in the family we know how respected he was in the sai community but you know he was not someone okay i'm going to work for swami so i have nothing to do with you i have no connection with you in the family he was not like that he did everything that towards his responsibility towards the family towards everyone being an elder in the family at the same time doing everything doing his everything for swami also i mean that was the beautiful combination that mr ramon rao was such a fantastic personality and not only that you know eventually he brought all the members of his family to swami all the 11 brothers and four sisters and their families they all came to bhagwan's fold you know inspired by his personality and this good influence was there not only on his family but also on his friends because earlier his life was very different before he became a devotee he is a very boisterous person he had a lot of dynamism you know he was a fun loving nature and he also was into all those habits that youngsters get into smoking drinking and all that but once he came to bhagwan the positive influence that people saw in him it got rubbed off on his friends too in fact some of his friends they said you know if they had seen him 30 40 years before people who saw him later they cannot believe that he has changed so much because what he was in the college and what he was in, in his early years uh, when he was in his job was he was in his 40s he was so different in fact on one occasion one of his friends he was now in one of the ashrams in some missionary institution and so that person sent word to him asking mr ramon rao to come there he wanted to see him and ramon rao immediately said that you know i don't go to any other ashram i have no interest in any ashram or to meet any person you know after he had met bhagwan so but they said no no we are not asking you to go to any ashram one of your friends he knows you in person he wants to see you so he went there and then he found out that okay that person was actually a classmate of his when he was doing his graduation in banaras hindu university 
and uh, when that person saw mr raman rao and the way he was the way his thought process was and the way he was leading his life then that friend said oh my god if satya sai baba can change you like this to such an extent then he must be god <laughs> that is what was the response of his friend so just to give a glimpse about how he was before he became a devotee and a servitor of bhagwan and the amazing manner in which swami has orchestrated this so in 1966 you know he was passing through one road in hyderabad on his scooter and then suddenly he saw that there is a lot of crowd there on that place basically it was the house of dr burgul ramkrishna rao later on dr burgul ramkrishna rao became the governor of uttar pradesh and all that at that point in time he was definitely a distinguished personality there in hyderabad and he saw that a lot of people have gathered in front of his house and you know the people were overflowing from the compound of his house onto the road and so there was no place for him to go so he had no choice but to stop and park his scooter and wait for the crowd to clear so then he asked someone and they said yeah a sai baba has come from puttaparthi to dr uh, ramkrishna rao's house and you know he's going to leave now so once he leaves then in the road will be cleared but then he was getting restless what to do you know people are not clearing and then meanwhile more people came and now more people you know as uh, the numbers increased you now there was a lot of pressure uh, to go front go front you know to accommodate the increasing number of people who were coming so in that whole process you know he got pushed and he got pushed into the compound of that house because there are so many people coming behind and there was a shamiana erected there a temporary shelter there bhajans were going on and the devotees were seated in rows and you know so now he was there inside the compound and he was right at the back of the compound you know he was he was almost sticking to the wall there and he was just waiting for you know this baba to come out and then he just wanted to take his scooter and leave then suddenly swami comes out and then he sees that when swami comes out all faces light up with joy and swami is walking there you know as if floating in the air among the rows taking letters blessing someone talking to someone and someone was trying to touch his feet and he was you know just blessing and all that so he sees that scene of darshan and he's seeing that swami is also so short like dr burgul ramkrishna rao and you know orange attire that crown of hair that radiant face and and he had a nice smile compassionate smile and all that was good and then people started shouting you know bhagwan shri satya baba ki jai bhagwan shri satya baba ki jai and then swami got into the car and swami left and all that so in the whole process he saw that you know he was standing with all these people and he also inadvertently unknown to him he had also brought his hands together and he had folded his hands I mean, he later on he thought oh, why did i do this i mean I, i don't even know this person and why should i go to any baba is swami and all that so he thought there is some charisma of this person this person has some magic i don't know how i did what i did in any case so he forgot about all that you know okay it was some interesting experience that's all it was and he said i'm never going to see this baba again so that's how that day passed and so he had seen baba but he just wanted to sort of let it be and didn't want to think about it more didn't want to take it further it was nothing that had a life changing impact on him or anything it was just some interesting experience and in those days one of his very close friends was mr desikachari and desikachari was like him a jovial fun loving character and you know even though he was much elder to him 
both of them used to used to meet up uh, weekends and many times even during the week and uh, because both of them are really well placed and well healed ramanav sir was the drug controller of andhra pradesh desika charu also was very well in a good position so they used to meet at least twice or thrice a week and you know and they used to have their fun drinks smoke play cards and movies and everything so that is how you know he always looked forward to meeting up with desika chari and all that and but for some reason for almost 2 3 weeks desika chari had not called him and now you know he started to think what happened to this guy why is he not calling me so one day he calls him you know how are you you've not long time no see and all that and then he hears something which shocks him he says i heard the ominous news of his complete transformation this guy has given up drinking playing cards smoking and he's doing puja and bhajans daily when mr ramon rao sir heard that he thought oh my god what has happened to my friend who has spoiled my friend and so he calls him and when desikachari comes he says ramana my dear friend for 10 years i have to tell you this for 10 years because of my friendship you know you have accumulated so many sins and i'm feeling so guilty now i want to make amends for that evil influence that i have been on you i want to make you know i want to repent for my mistake and for this i have to take you to puttaparthi i have to show you god and raman rao sir when he hears this he said what is all this madness puttaparthi god we were leading such a fantastic life we were having so much fun what is this that has come upon you it was like too shattering for for raman rao sir to see his friend uh, become so different is becoming a saint they he was a normal guy and all that but mr dechika chari said you are coming with me we are going tonight by venkatadri express that train i have booked the tickets we shall go to puttaparthi we'll stay there for two days you just pack up and you come with me no arguments i'm not going to listen anything and ramanrao did not have any choice because he was such a close friend he wanted that guy's friendship they had done so many things together and there is no way he could say no so he said okay fine i will come but one condition once we come back you don't preach me don't tell me don't smoke don't drink don't play cards i will not going to do all that i will just go with you and come back you just want me to come with you i'll do that so his friend says yeah yeah don't worry i'm not going to ask you to do anything i will only show you god that's all now raman rao didn't want to argue with him he said yes. anyway he's such a good friend and just wanted to be with the friend and see what has happened and if possible even get him back to his normal ways he said okay fine i'll come with you so they land in puttaparthi the next morning at 10 o'clock and you know in those days puttaparthi facilities were so minimal absolutely no accommodation so basically they had to keep their luggage under a tree and stay under the tree and bhajans were starting at 11 am and Swami was granting interviews to the second batch of devotees. You know, in those days, Swami used to give batches after batches of interviews, and so there were, he saw there were a hundred people sitting there on the men's side, and uh, everyone was so quiet. There no place, uh, no restrooms in the ashram to bathe. You have to go outside the ashram, pay somebody, you know, some 
little money and you'll get some sort of enclosure where you can take bath and for your morning ablutions you have to go out into the river go out into the field so it was that is how the life was in putaparthi in those days and so he came and he refreshed and he came back and then he sat uh, for the along with all the people there and swami then came out after the first batch of interviews were done and he saw swami was uh, blessing all the people who are seated there and then then bhajan started and when bhajan started his friend desikachari went inside the mandir but he he just sat outside and then he saw you know some devotees who were inside the interview room they came out and they came and sat next to him bhajans went on for one hour and then aarti happened and then swami went up to his room on the first floor of uh, prashantinile mandir and he saw there were about 100 devotees sitting there after bhajans and all eyes were glued to the first floor of uh, the mandir he saw that 40 feet corridor between swami's room and uh, what they said his dining room so, so people were waiting there to see swami go to the dining room which was in the other corner so in those days you could see swami go in and out of his room so all people were waiting there and then he saw that swami came and swami waved to the people and everyone is so and thrall looking at swami and all that so for 10 minutes you know people were so ecstatic that they could have one more darshan of swami as he went for lunch and then he was feeling hungry so they said there is a canteen so he went there and in those days canteen they would cook for like 40 50 people that's all and it was like a small shed and there was one person by name mr suraya he was like 60 years old 6 and 1/2 feet height and he was looking like a wrestler he was a very strong person very very intimidating person and he saw that as he went to the canteen there was another group that went before him and there were almost a dozen people that went for eating and immediately suraya said have you informed us you are happily going inside the canteen for food so these people said no no we didn't know we didn't inform you sir okay 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 fine you go in you just give 3 rupees so he took money and he allowed them and then then ramon rao sir went inside and he saw that food was very basic and this person Suraya was there like a towering he, if you opened his mouth it could be heard miles away at the bus station that is how loud he was and all that so all that was like a very very different experience and so in the evening also when he went for dinner he asked him can i have some curd if i give uh, extra money and immediately suraya said you have come to the ashram why are you craving for curds and cream and all that can you not live without it for a few days <laughs> this is how suraya told him so all this was like quite an unexpected experience for him you live on the trees there no facilities food also is a problem and then he found two people who had had an interview with bhagwan during the day so you know he asked them what happened what baba told you in the interviews and both of them were from north india and they were speaking hindi and you know they started narrating whatever they had happened very exhilaratingly so he said you know one person said even before i could tell anything about me swami already told everything about me my name and everything and in and then he swami assured me that you know he would solve all my problems another person said that you know swami created vibhuti for me and the person said that you know swami created this locket with harnath baba he was a devotee of harnath baba that person swami created that locket and swami gave it to him mr i never told swami that you know i am a devotee of harnath baba so when he was hearing all these stories and then he was asking everyone tell me did swami ask for any money did he ask for any contribution any donation and all of them said why are you even asking this no 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 he is not like that he does not ask money from anyone and all 
So all that Ramon Rao sir heard and and then he asked, does he speak Hindi? They said, yeah, yeah, he speaks enough Hindi for us to understand what he's saying. So all that made an impression on him. And so, so the next day afternoon, you know, he saw again another two, three hundred people sitting there for darshan. And uh, Desikachari took him well in advance, you know, because Desikachari was pining for an interview with Swami. And Swami came. There were 25 students from the Veda Patashala. So they were also sitting there. And, you know, everyone was waiting, anticipating for Bhagwan if Swami would call them. And Ramon Rasa was feeling like out of place there because, you know, he didn't have any such aspiration like all the other people there wanting an interview with Swami or wanting to talk to Swami and all that. His friend was desperate, but, you know, he was feeling, where did I come? You know, I am not interested in all these things. And for him, actually, he was afraid that Swami might call him. He was frightened with that thought because he thought, if Swami calls me, then God knows what will happen. He will tell me, give up smoking, give up drinking, give up playing cards and all that. I can't do all this. He will tell me to start doing bhajans morning and evening. This is too much. He was hoping that, you know, Swami does not look at him, Swami does not talk to him. But at the same time, his friend, when he was looking at his friend, his friend was getting depressed that Swami is not talking to us. And he was, he was feeling, Swami, at least you talk to him, let him feel happy. Why is he so depressed and dejected and all that? So that is what was bothering him. But as far as he was concerned, he just did not want Swami to do anything with him. He just wanted to go back. And again, you know, Swami took a few people for an interview and he saw that Swami, as Bhagwan came near him, Swami took the person who was sitting beside him. But Swami did not look at him or his friend, Desikachari. And Desikachari now was completely disappointed. And looking at his disappointment, Ramon Rausa thought, at least Swami, please, you talk to him. He should not feel so, so down. And now he also had felt that, you know, I think this Baba is avoiding us. In any case, you know, he, there was nothing that he could do. But as he was talking to more and more people who had interviews with Swami, he found that everyone was telling that Baba was telling them to be good and telling them to cultivate moral values. He was not asking anyone to, you know, to become more religious or do this ritual or do that ritual. And Baba was telling everyone that they should serve. Service to society is paramount. Everyone should serve with whatever capacity they have been blessed with. So all those things, he saw that this is what people were seeing. Because Baba was telling everyone that, you know, give whatever you can to the needy. If you cannot be benevolent, at least don't turn malevolent. If you cannot help anyone, at least don't hurt anyone. So that is what Baba was telling everyone. And he saw that this ashram, there were no priests, there were no tickets for darshan, there were no donation boxes. There was no middleman between Baba and the devotees. So all those things had some impact on him. And he saw that, you know, okay, forget moksha and salvation of it. All these religious people talk about. But at least this Baba is relieving these people of their anxieties. You know, they are all coming back out of the interview room happy. They are coming back with their heart light. They want to serve. So all this is good and he's not asking them for money. So all these things... He was gathering, you know, as a skeptic from the people who had had interviews with Swami. So since he was talking to a lot of people, one day after uh, returning from lunch, he saw that there was this person typing something in this uh, small little shed and someone told his Professor Kasturi and he's writing Baba's book and all that. So he went and stood in front of him and Kasturi sir looked at him and he asked, what happened? Do you want to talk to me? Do you want anything? 
So this person then Ramanda said, "No, no, no. See, I have a lot of miracles. I have gathered because I have spoken to so many people whom Baba has granted interviews. In it seems you are writing Baba's biography. I, if you are interested, I will tell you some stories because I was talking to so many people." And uh, Professor Kasturi just smiled and you know affectionately patted him and said, "Hello, Mr. Raman Rao. Every day Baba grants devotees to forty, fifty people." each one of them can write an extraordinary experience if all those personal experiences are to be put down on paper then we will have enough material to publish one book every day because those days you know so much to give 40 50 100 people interview like so much happens and then professor kasturi said you know we are not interested in all these miracles what you think as miracles they are routine thing for bhagwan what i am writing is only aimed at inculcating faith in the human values that bhagwan is talking about we are not interested in people worshiping swami we are interested in people understanding the human values that swami is talking about and live by those human values how they can instill these human values in their lives that is what we are interested in so when professor kasturi said that that had quite an impact on mr raman rao so here was a place where there was no emphasis on rituals here people are talking about service people are talking about being moral people are talking about being good and the person who's writing the life of baba also is telling that same thing and then he met dr suri bhagwantam at that point in time you know he was uh, advisor in the ministry of defense so a scientific advisor to the ministry of defense and suri bhagwantam is someone his friend desikachari knew him very closely and so when they met him in the evening so while conversing with him so desika sir he asked him sir what is your scientific explanation for baba's miracles so when desika jari asked dr bhagwantam dr bhagwantam said in my effort to understand them i have closed my book of science sitting at baba's feet i am learning the alphabet of spiritualism which transcends the laws of physical sciences baba is a transcendental phenomenon so when ramon rao sir heard this that baba is beyond the laws of physical science and you cannot understand him through the book of science and then dr bhagwantam said don't confuse religion with spiritualism religion promotes faith in god with rituals but spiritualism is the highest form of science which explains the relationship between the creator and the creation this was something very new that ramon rao sir was hearing he talked about spiritualism or spirituality as the highest form of science and he said this has got to do with the relationship between creator and creation it has nothing to do with religion so this was very very fresh and all these thoughts were going on in his mind everything he was absorbing mr raman rao and he thought oh my god if someone like dr bhagwantam who is leading so many scientific missions for the country feels like that then there should be something about this baba so that is how something was happening you know sami was working on mr raman rao at so many levels and and there were much more you know then there was lot more revelation that sami did indirectly to him 
before he actually called him and talked to him so we'll continue this story in the coming episodes very interesting how bhagwan was slowly and steadily chipping touching at those sensitive parts of his heart softening them so that when finally he touches they will blossom so that is what happened in the life of raman ran we'll continue this very interesting story in the coming episodes of outside inside deep inside dear listeners really grateful to bhagwan that we are doing this satsang listening to the stories of the devotees of the lord is the greatest joy that we can derive you know there's nothing more blissful than that bhagavatam what is bhagavatam bhagavatam is just the stories of the lord the stories of the lord are so beautifully interlaced with the glories of the lord that is what is bhagavatam and talking about stories of people who have lived with the satyasai avatar that is the most blissful thing to do in the current times so praying to bhagwan that we can continue this series in the future episodes of outside inside deep inside if you have any comments or if you know anything about raman rao sir if you have had any interaction with him if you have any pictures with him dear listeners please feel free because there are so many sevadal members across all states who have worked with raman rao sir on various projects so if you know anyone who has had any experience with him or if if you are aware of anything about his beautiful life with swami please feel free to share with us you can write to listener@radioside.org or if you want to write personally to me you can write to bishu b i s h u bishu@radioside.org we will continue this satsang of losing ourselves in the story of his glory through the stories of his devotees thank you so much sana prema swarupulara embodiments of love shanti ni lopala unnadi kaani baita ledhu peace is within not outside outside no peace only pieces sairam you just heard an episode of our radio program outside inside deep inside This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Bishu Prashti and today's episode was first broadcast on 19th July 2019 Dear listeners we hope you like this program please send us your feedback by either email or whatsapp Our email id is listener@radiosai.org and our whatsapp number is 9393 2582588 Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashanthi Nilayam